Hello, this is Robert Rickover. Uh, I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Omaha, Nebraska. And my guest today is Amanda Cole, who is a, an Australian performer, researcher, writer, and music educator. She's a uh, research fellow at Griffith University in Brisbane, right? Is Brisbane? Mm -hmm. And she's won numerous Brisbane. Brisbane. It's funny Australian oh, no. pronunciation, Melbourne and Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane. And she has yeah. won numerous awards for creative projects, research projects, and professional development. She has a doctorate in performing arts pedagogy from Griffith University and a master's of music from the University of Melbourne. And she is, I would call, a very serious student and researcher about the Alexander technique. She's uh, had lots of lessons. I think I think initially maybe the Walter Carrington tradition, mm -hmm. but then later she she studied a lot with uh, Kathy Madden, uh, and that would be very much in the Marge Marjorie Barstow tradition. Mm -hmm. And Amanda has done an an incredible research job of locating letters between, um, well, a number of people, but I'd like to focus on four, uh, Alexander himself, FM, um, Marjorie Barstow, Frank Pierce Jones, and John Dewey. And I'd like to just say a short word about each one of those so we kind of have a context. I see these four being completely intertwined in terms of communication. FM, I would put FM at the center of a circle and the other three around it. So FM is, is FM Alexander, the founder of the Alexander Technique. And the other three, Marjorie Barstow was the first person to graduate from Alexander's first training course in the 1930s. She worked, ex taught extensively with Alexander's brother, A.R. Alexander, in Boston and New York, and spent most of her life in Lincoln, Nebraska, eventually becoming quite famous for her large groups uh, starting around in the early 70s. So she became quite an important player in the Alexander world. Frank Pierce Jones was a professor of classics at Tufts University and somehow discovered the Alexander Technique. And I believe Marge Barstow was the one who encouraged him to do teacher training, to become a teacher. Is that, is that right. correct? Um, and, no, I think Dewey encouraged him. Oh, Dewey may have. In any event, yeah, I Marge... Marge only met him through met Pierce Jones after he started the training, I think. Okay. But anyway, um, Jones, there, so that's Marge and, and Frank Pierce Jones. And then we have John Dewey, who's not exactly a household word today, but he certainly was in the first half of the 20th century. He was uh, a public intellectual, uh, Professor, I believe, at the Columbia University Teachers College, very, very influential in the development of American public education. He uh, is sometimes called the father of American public education. 
And in addition, he was America, and probably still is, America's most famous philosopher, uh, his field being pragmatism. So these four, uh, what Amanda, what you uncovered is correspondence, written correspondence between these four, all of them knew, all of them corresponded one way or another with FM, and they mostly corresponded with each other as well. Mm -hmm. And they, um, these letters show a very different, let's say, version of the, the boy, I got sunlight coming in here, so mm -hmm. I'm working to keep myself behind the center, uh, present a very different, um, I would say a different history of the development of the Alexander technique, say from the 40s to, I don't know, the 80s, I guess. And yeah. I wonder if you could summarize what what's new that really changes our understanding of how things emerged over that period? Okay, um, before I do that, just while you were speaking, I just had a couple of thoughts just to add into the mix. So um, when you were talking about my biog, I'm not sure where you got that from the book. Possibly. Back of the book. <laughs> All right, so interesting. So that I'm I, in that I left out the fact that I also have a Masters of Teaching. Okay. And that's really, that's that's only interesting because uh, my main focus in writing this book is to remind people that the Alexander Technique is actually a method of education rather than mm -hmm. of treatment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and then when you were talking about Frank Pierce Jones being a professor of classics, and we both kind of laughed at, at the kind of randomness of that but him being such a, a great alexander teacher i suddenly thought and the, what i'm teaching at the moment is french so i also have that in common with frank pierce jones i just thought that was kind of a nice little um right i don't know connection um and then i also just wanted to show you this that's that's my version of the diagram that you were talking about oh okay oh yeah um, yeah uh-huh but i put you, you put alexander in the center which is quite feasible but because my book's about marge i put marge you in put the marge in the center for yeah. this book but i would say big big picture maybe fm big picture alexander is Definitely, the one yeah. and that they on the cover yeah. yeah and then the third thing that i just wanted to mention is that while dewey's not a household name anymore he's certainly still very central in discussions about education which i discovered oh. when i did my masters i did my master yeah. teaching oh. after i did my phd mm -hmm. and i had to write all these things about about education theory and i realized i'd already done this in my phd about john dewey so um he's still very influential in terms of education today right right uh, and yeah um now so how do i what was your question again well what what's the, what's the big, development? big picture change in our understanding of how the technique developed at least amongst those those four people during this period that seems like quite at variance from what I think sort of standard biographies would indicate. Yes. Well, again, what I would say is that um, while Alexander's importance is absolutely central and he was the founder of the technique. Right. Um, 
And while he said in letters that he had gone way forward to Marge, see, Marge wanted to get Alexander to recognise Frank Jones as the authority on the Alexander Technique. This is her humility that she didn't put herself forward, mm-hmm. even though she'd been mentoring Frank Pierce Jones for decades right. on how to teach and all sorts of right. things. She then advocated for Frank Pierce Jones to, to Alexander and said, why don't you name him your mystery, you know? And and the response was, well, no, 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 because neither of you understand how far ahead we've gone in recent years in England. So you just don't understand you're not actually teaching the Alexander Tech technique anymore mm-hmm. but what my research suggests and what marge's uh teaching practice also suggests is that um marge and frank focused on the educative um aspects of the alexander technique whereas alexander started focusing on the therapeutic aspects and so that's where they started to diverge is my in a nutshell. Right. And I think there's a famous quote from Alexander, you know, now I can do it for them using his hand. Yeah, exactly. And that's not something that Marge would ever think or say. And I don't think exactly. Frank Pierce Jones would either from what I no. know. No. Yeah. So. No, they were totally aligned, Marge and Frank, in terms of what they thought the Alexander Technique was about. Right. Right. And what would what would you say they thought it was about? About uh, about educating someone to well, actually, I, I really like, I really like Kathy Madden's one of Kathy Madden's ways of describing the Alexander Technique, which is co- cooperation with human design. And I think that that's what Marge and Frank were focused on teaching people to how to do. So basically, teaching people how to use, let's say, Alexander's discoveries, if we want to call it that, use that themselves for their own betterment. Yes. And the model being you would you would teach them and then they would learn how to how to do this and they would uh, at some point become relatively independent of a teacher, which in my experience, is not exactly how it often works in more traditional Alexander teaching. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you've had yeah. quite a bit of experience with that. So, mm-hmm. so very interested in education, both of them. And of course, Dewey was very interested in education because that was his whole thing, basically, apart from the pragmatism stuff. But even there... Um, you've made the point that pragmatism, that the philosophy of pragmatism kind of ties into this and that really both Frank Pierce Jones and Marge were taking, were implicitly doing some of the things that pragmatism would suggest would be a good idea. Yes, definitely. And That's a way to phrase it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Frank had a closer alliance with John Dewey. Like they actually were were friends, and they you know they spent time together and went to each, you know, visited each other and mm-hmm. wrote to each other and talked about uh, pragmatism and the Alexander Technique. Um, Marge had less of a connection with him, but my 
thesis is that she was doing she she knew about Julie. she knew she'd read Dewey's books she wrote actually I mean I, I surmised this well and I wished I could have known and I asked people did you ever see Dewey's books in in Marge's library <laughs> no one could remember but then so I was so excited when I found I've read art as experience uh, in one in a letter to Frank Pierce Jones and I agree with a lot of things in it. so she was she uh she was she was a great reader as you know but she also i think just intuitively did a lot of things in terms of um what do you you know that, that aligned with what dewey had written about and before i forget i just wanted to say that dewey when people called him an educator and put like he's become known for education but when people talked about him being an educator he said i'm just trying to think that's all i'm trying to do he was more um in he was more he was he was about thinking so and and that's also what what I think my experience of the difference between the two um broadly speaking the two strands of of the Alexander technique and how it's taught that's what differentiates them is one's more about thinking and the, the margin and Frank were much had a much bigger emphasis on thinking and observing and you know all the other things that I write about in in the book but but thinking um rather than moving through stuff first that actually thinking about what what is required and thinking about how we can do this better and thinking about um what isn't working and what can we what can we change to make it better and that's where the that's the pragmatism as well that's philosophical pragmatism or just pragmatism um is is from thinking about and observing and you know the the and that's again ties into the scientific process which is what alexander did in his original process of discovery and what julie recognized in alexander as being scientific process right but in terms of what they actually did when they were teaching and people they were training uh the emphasis i think was would be on things like oh really getting having good hands to guide people to, you know, to, to somewhat do it for them. And yes, at some point, of course, they would start to be able to do some themselves, maybe, but it might be tricky for them to take what they learned in a standard lesson into their daily activities. Whereas Marge, for sure, started right with the daily activities, and in particular, the activities people wanted to do better. Yeah. So of course she had a lot of performing performing uh uh actors, dancers, and so on, who they had a great interest in improving the way they did what they did for their work. So a very different orientation in terms of why are we even having an Alexander lesson kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And I should also I, I said something just before that I probably is not very clear i said something about uh thinking rather than moving what i mean is thinking rather than feeling through something because because marge was also into movement way more than the other school so the other school was in what you know talks about inhibition and not doing whereas marge was thinking and doing together as and and actually i don't know if you've read kathy's book where she invents a word that actually combines thinking and moving together Right. So and, and of course, Marge would argue or had specifically said on some occasions when people would ask her, well, how come you never talk about inhibition? And she 
I remember one time when she said, well, that's all I ever talk about. And uh, but she had, a, a, I say, maybe a little different idea of what inhibition meant. Yeah. Um, which we maybe could get into more. Um, is there anything else sort of big picture that you want to talk about? Uh, and then we, I have some ideas for more specific topics. But sure. Well, I, I divided the book into um, chapters uh, aligned with, well, they're part two anyway, aligned with um, what I called it is Dewey's Principles in Bastos Teaching. So, so if I just read you out those titles, that will basically give you the, the big picture of what I see okay. as, the, as sure. uh -huh. the defining features of Marge's teaching. So one is making ideas clear. Mm -hmm. And I talk about how she was, and that was so Dewey had the idea in philosophy of making ideas clear instead of making it really hard to understand. Um, that was his mission. And I saw Marge is doing the same thing with saying, yeah. what is the Alexander technique? What are we trying to do here? Let's make this clear so that we can actually have a plan that everyone understands instead of it being this mystical, mysterious, confusing thing. Right. Then the second one I called reconstruction because Dewey was, um, one of the things Dewey did was reconstruct philosophy um, to make it about uh, what he called the problems of men instead of a kind of abstract thing. Mm -hmm. And I just then connected that with Marge's reconstruction of Alexander's principles and terms. So instead of using some of the, the um, principles, sorry, the, so the things, the principles such as uh, primary control and inhibition and direction and directions and positions of mechanical advantage and sensory re-education, she really questioned what they were about and clarified what she thought he was really trying to do. And in, in many ways, I think better than he did himself. I think absolutely better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then the set, third big category was uh, what I call desire, application, and art. So where I think that the um, the Carrington School of Teaching ten, can can get can lose the end by focusing so much on on not end gaming, mm -hmm. they lose the point of why we're doing this and the Alexander technique then becomes an end in itself and you end up just spending hours just kind of sitting not moving not doing anything so that you're inhibiting and you're not really going anywhere so right. I'm talking about the the reason that performing artists actually pick up the Alexander technique is because they love what they do and they want to do it better they don't pick up the Alexander technique to master the Alexander technique um so right. that's where I saw and, and interestingly in enough that really harkens back to FM's initial self-experiments he didn't he wasn't trying to um develop a theory of mind body no. he no. wanted to get back on stage yeah exactly. very specific <laughs> and practical issue he was dealing with yeah i think marge yeah. very much aligned with that what, what are you going to do you got this problem alexander made some interesting discoveries that could probably help you but we we want to, as it were, deliver it to you in a way that will get you starting to think about it, think about the kind of experiments you would make on your own, take it, mm -hmm. apply it to various activities in your life. And that is not at all how most uh, traditionally trained out, at least when I was in England, that would not have been the way a lesson was conducted yeah. for the most part. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then the 
um, the so the the last big category I talk about is democracy in the social contract context. Sorry, which is um, what Dewey wrote a lot about democracy in education um, and and the and so the way I connected that to what Marge was doing was was her group teaching and all that went along with that community and communication and um and it just just fit fit beautifully into um sorry the, the dewey and but marge sorry, yeah. just fitted together beautifully when I, this is when i was writing my phd that i i and the way the way i found these categories was by reading uh the book that you all contributed to that barbara connable edited the what I call the Festschrift, and I, I read that, and I collected all the themes, and this is, and and as I was collecting the themes, I also discovered Dewey from um, Terry Fitzgerald's PhD about teacher training. He's a teacher in where Sydney. He's in Sydney. Yeah. Sydney, and he's an Alexander teacher there. And the book you're talking about was like a a project to celebrate Marge's 90th birthday. So all of those people who were kind of around Marge more than just one or two workshops, but were sort of regular uh, students of hers. Um, most many of us wrote little little essays basically about how we how we viewed what we had learned and just it, they were they're all quite different. They're really an interesting read. And yes. They do give some pretty interesting insights into what Marge was all was all about. Exactly, and and the I suppose the the crux of that that aspect of her teaching was was the remembering that uh, the Alexander technique started out as something to help Alexander communicate, and I in my lessons my early lessons in the Alexander Technique, I definitely forgot that that was not front and center. And yet it always is in, um, in my lessons with Marjorie Barstow trained people. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's, let's, um, I, I, unless you, there's something else very big picture you want to talk about, we could end this conversation and I, if we have time, uh, I have a couple of directions we could delve into more deeply. If that if that works. Okay. There's my the the other. I suppose the other big picture thing is that you mentioned the constellation, and I would talk. Um, I could talk a long time about the problem with Alexander's technique and um, and education versus versus treatment but the final thing that for me that defined Marge's teaching is and I should say I never met her she died before I started this research but right. I have watched her teach on video I've listened to her speak I've read interviews with her and I've talked to a lot of people who studied with her and I've read her letters as you, as you said um is the is what I call integration so the art and integration integration of teaching and training which is something that she did more than any other teacher last century mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That seems to be changing now, but um, so yeah. Well, and that was that was crucial to her whole approach to the Alexander technique was that that training wasn't something separate. Training right, was, right. Was in her groups, sometimes quite large, 
there would be some people who had never heard of the Alexander Technique until they arrived the first day. And there were people who had been teachers for many years and all ranges, all categories in between. And interestingly enough, if you didn't really know who was who, uh, you might have a hard time figuring mm. it out. Um, but one tip-off would be, and this fits into what you were talking about earlier, Marge would typically uh, at various points say, well, who wants to work on something, an activity? And a lot, everyone, most everyone had something they wanted to work on. The one exception would be most of the teachers who the only activity they could ever conceive of might be, oh, could you help me with my teaching? Which was a very tricky pathway to go in those classes because you were really asking for it if you asked for that. <laughs> you know, for the most part, and there were lots of exceptions, but teachers were a little at a loss to come up with things. Right. I myself, uh, was somewhat at a loss. I was halfway through a regular training course, yeah. no matter. And I, I, I thought, well, what, what would I like to do better, other than be a better teacher? When you know, when I graduate, and I reverted back to my love of country music, and I thought, okay, I'll just get up and sing, um, because that that is something I really enjoyed doing. I was not a, I'm a terrible singer, but I was interested in. How could I sing better? Right. You know, so that would be often my activity. Uh, what was your? I, I know this isn't the focus of this interview, but I just I don't remember what drove you to decide to study the Alexander oh, Technique. Oh, I had heard that she worked with groups. That was the sort of minor buzz in London at that time. And I thought, but what made you go to London to study it? Like, oh, what was I went because I had, I had a very powerful experience with a, a teacher. Um, it just totally transformed my physicality for sure. Right. And at some point, I thought, this seems a lot more interesting than what I'm doing now. And where right. do you go? Back then, you went to London, or you might go to San Francisco, but mostly you went to London. And that's why I, I I went. And I, of course, knew nothing about any of this history. But I did hear about this lady in Nebraska who taught big groups. And I thought, I wonder how she does that. And I went out one winter and I got kind of got hooked by it. Because, <laughs> yes, she was working with big groups. But in a way, that wasn't the biggest difference. You know, yeah. these other yeah. things that you've, you've yeah. been talking about. So, well, let's let's uh, let's stop there, if that's OK. And then yeah, maybe sure. we could resume with another uh, related topic. So um, my guest today is uh, Amanda Cole, uh, and we will be back with another podcast or so. Thank you so much. Thanks, Robert.